welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian. And today, my guest is Casey Christofferson, the Dirty Baub, art director, game designer, writer, all kinds of things. And I've got a lot of your books here on my shelf. Welcome. Thanks, Logar. I appreciate that. No doubt. So let me just start one place because I think we could talk for a while and, and try to keep it within the time. <laughs> but how did you get in? You've been in the industry, you said like 21 years now. How did how'd you get in? Let's see. I started in uh, actually January of 2000 was when I started gaming uh, online. Well, it might have been December of 99. My uh, in-laws who were uh, no longer with us, but they uh, bought me the third edition Dungeons and Dragons rule books for Christmas that year. And if anyone remembers the original printing in the back page of the original printing, I remember it. White Wolf had purchased advertising space for <laughs> uh, Scarred Lands for the first official non Wizards of the Coast. Well, it wasn't Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, it was Wizards of the Coast. It was the yeah, first non official Wizards of the Coast supplements that were compatible with the third edition rules of Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, they had a, a link to a website, which was swordandsorcery.com. You went to swordandsorcery.com and you kind of looked and you saw the list of their products and they're like, play online. So I clicked the link and they had this, uh, they had a, uh, basically a MUD set up because they were very successful with those with their uh, vampire games. So uh, I log in and I, I try making a character and they rejected that character. Oh, and I tried no. making another character and they rejected that character. They didn't like the name or they didn't like uh, whatever, you know, because uh, they had a, they had a complete setting but the only people who were really privy to the setting were the people who worked for White Wolf at the time, right? <laughs> yeah. And so you, you had to try and learn the setting and learn the gods and everything in their setting and whatnot. So I, and, and then, of course, uh, I had no idea what a point buy was because I was a roll three dice and roll, oh, three, yeah. dice and roll three dice guy. 3D6. And then the, what you get is what you get and what you become <laughs> is what you become. So I made a, uh, I made a barbarian and a bard. And I started out playing the Barbarian and almost immediately got thrown in jail. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, well, this isn't very fun, you know, because uh, some people were starting some stuff and I wasn't trying to be involved in it with my Barbarian character. And everything was text-based. You had to type fast. You had to constantly be in character. If you were in an in-character zone, you were in character. And they had hundreds of players. And so all kinds of crazy stuff would happen. And uh, a cleric character basically lied on my guy. Oh, and got no. me thrown in jail uh and so and it's like how long are you in jail and they're like three real days and i'm like three real days and they're like this is a 24 7 game it goes on all the time it doesn't sleep we have people from around the world play different shifts so does yeah. someone does someone dm this with that many people how does it work they'd have a team of five or six dungeon masters oh. and some of them were running locked rooms that had dungeon adventures going on, and some of them were running the open world setting, but it's all in your mind. It was all theater of the mind, and they had a dice roller, and the website kind of recorded your character sheet. So it's kind of like how people are playing now online, but even more primitive and with, like, no graphic interface or whatever what, whatsoever. But so I created my, my bard in uh, Galen Swordsinger, and... Uh, I'm pretty good at like rhyming because I kind of, you know, I'm a metal dude, but I also grew up in a hip hop neighborhood. So like Anthrax and, and Public Oh, Internet, I love Anthrax. All, I love all Anthrax. My, all of that stuff was all in my <laughs> thing. Suicidal you know? tendencies. Yeah. Suicidal tendencies. Uh, 
Danzig and NWA oh. and, oh, and you yeah. know, I mean, all of it together, you know, it's like, it's that's how my mind is programmed. <laughs> so I would just like make up rhymes and lyrics as I'm going. And my guy pretty much only talked in rhymes and lyrics. Well, I ended up in a couple of uh, adventures with like, I come in one day and there's some guy and his name is Froggy. And I'm like, they wouldn't let me have two of the names that I chose, but they'll let this guy be Froggy. Right? <laughs> and then he's like running an adventure we we play in an adventure together and he he like does all the proper cleric things he buffs my barbarian to make me fight better you know and we just we just murder this whole dungeon and kind of the, the dungeon master's kind of like man these guys really <laughs> killed us really bad well and, and then i played in uh in the other campaign with the other guy well it, it turns out then another guy shows up and his name's banner <laughs> and uh like Banor and uh, oh. well, from uh, from uh, Tomb of Absithor is mentioned in Tomb. Oh of yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> the adventures that these guys start running are parts of Tomb of Absithor and parts of Rappanathic. That's the dungeons these guys start running as player DMs, right? And uh, we'll come to then. Then they both hit me up individually, like, "Hey, I own Necromancer Games, and <laughs> you should write some stuff for us." and the other guy's like, hey, I run Necromancer Games. So they're both telling me the same thing, but it's different named guys. You know, and this guy's like, I'm Clark. And the other guy's like, I'm Bill, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. And so Bill actually sends me his phone number. And if you've ever met Bill Webb or talked to him or whatever, he talks a mile a minute. Like, <laughs> you know, he's a great guy. Talks a mile a minute. He really he really is enthusiastic beyond belief about gaming. It's, it's his old life and passion. And uh, he's like, Go to the bookstore, look for a book called uh, Rappanathic One, Dungeon of the Graves. He goes, look in your email. Here's the next two chapters of that for, for part two of Rappanathic. Compare the last chapter of that book with the two chapters I send you. Call me back and we'll talk. You know, because <laughs> you think you're getting catfished right away. You meet somebody on the Internet even, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. You're like, yeah, I don't know. 20 years ago, I guess it'd be. And so I went and checked and I was like, okay, this guy seems pretty legit. Well, then they got into this uh, like bidding war. Well, uh, Clark is like, I want this guy to be the writer that we're hiring. And the other one's like, I want this guy to be the guy that we're hiring. And they didn't know that I was the same guy. And a couple other of the players on there and, and, you know, like, uh, like Jane Gladowski, he, he had some really great ideas. A lot of that, you notice his name is credited in Bardsgate. He, he had a lot of really cool ideas about guilds and things of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, we had a great time. We played there for a couple of years and I started writing and uh, they introduced me to the trolls. And uh, we've, you know, all kind of, uh, we all met at a Gen Con and they introduced me to Gary Gygax. And... <laughs> That's great. Yeah. There. That's cool. Yeah. Here's my question. Uh, so I, sure. I'm noticing something. This is a dungeon I'm very familiar with that I've run over, run in the past. Um, yeah. But I pronounce I've been pronouncing it wrong for years, I think. Because you say <laughs> Rapanathic. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Rapanathic. Yeah. Rapanathic. So you've been saying Rapanathic. <laughs> and a lot of people do say that. And we're like, that's cool. Yeah, my, my, uh, my buddy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my buddy, my buddy Levi would say that for the longest time, and I actually Levi comes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, cool. I, I, like yeah. He's a, he's a great dude. Uh, we met at a convention in uh, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Conestoga, uh, sometime in the uh, 
early early aughts, I guess, and uh, he was running Rappanathic, and and uh, some somebody who would the, the people who'd invited me to the con or whatever, they're like, hey, uh, Levi's over there, you know, running uh, Rappanathic. Didn't you write some of that? And I'm like, well, I mean, a little like this much, right? <laughs> you know. And well, you should go check it out. And it's there's like a, a long, uh, funny story that uh, basically I sat down at the table and he went to go get some food and take a break uh, because he was running like a big 24 hour session. And he comes back and a whole bunch of the players had their characters had died. <laughs> <laughs> I was running. I've had deaths in that dungeon. I have, <laughs> and I've recorded them in the back of some of the books too. So I can tell you when those deaths were, who played those characters, what yeah. those characters were, and how they died. <laughs> oh, oh yeah well, we used to take the character sheets in my old house which was kind of a i don't know a, i guess a nice way to put it would be a rundown dump but it was what we could afford at the time <laughs> and uh everybody who died at my table uh, they stapled the, they just took a regular stapler and went and stapled their character sheet to one of the walls in the basement that's great that's great yeah, i love yeah. that well, yeah that that dungeon is like one of my all-time favorites and I, who, who 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 came up with the poop monster that uh happened because a wizard who was playing in uh bill webb's uh, college campaign uh went into the bathroom to uh use his business and uh sat on a mimic and the mimic devoured him and his uh staff of the arch magi and that's why he's indestructible and uh, <laughs> so yeah he's just been the uh, he's been the uh don't go down the well people just just don't go down the well <laughs> <laughs> don't go down the well and i and i do uh i i actually had our our uh, gm and i had a little conversation before the before this and i am at liberty to say we are working on some different ways to experience rapid ethic and and i can't say a lot more about that we're having a big meeting about it pretty soon but one of the things we're going to be doing is is looking at different ways to approach uh that dungeon because so many people are it's it's become like uh, the tomb of horrors. <laughs> People are scared of it, and if they hear that you're making them go to Rappanathic, they don't want to play. Right? Kind of like if you try and put certain players on a ship, they're not going. You know. <laughs> I have so many stories I tell about that dungeon. I, that dungeon may be the yeah. one that I tell the most stories from. There's some good stuff, and there's fun. We had a great campaign, the Forest of Hope. Name's yeah. a little bit deceptive. There's not much hope, but hey, once you get to Zokor's Ferry, you know, there's a lot to discover. We're looking at uh, looking at uh, uh, kind of some some ways where people will be able to uh, uh, siege, assault, explore that dungeon without necessarily, you know, going in with the intent of taking out the whole thing. It's a way for people to experience it at any level. You can't take out the whole thing. My my players fled. My players got yeah, my oh. players fled and they went as far as they could. They went north to East Ewich and then they went then they went east to Bargegate. <laughs> and then we went far away. As one does. Yeah, as one does. It's like whew. yeah. If it's uh Bargegate has been uh, home plate. It's uh, it's home base for so many campaigns and so many adventures and uh, after I don't know whether it originally come out like 16, 17 years ago, uh, the the legs that, that that city has had and its staying power and the uh, just the the amount of people that come up to me and say, you know, I use Bardsgate almost every gaming session in some way, shape, or form, and that and that like that really you know means hey, I'm actually doing something worthwhile, so that's pretty cool. 
I, I strongly suggest the Bardsgate book, Rapunzel. There's, there's quite a few books that fit in this setting and the Lost Lands World Guide. They're great. The thing is with the Bardsgate book and the Rapunathuk, is that is that how you pronounce Rapunathuk? I don't know if I can change that without having to think every time. <laughs> so, hey, it's your table. You say it any way, any way you want. You want to call me Dirty Bobby? That's cool. So there is so much in there that I don't see how anybody can get through the mm-hmm. whole book of any of them. It's it it is a lot. It's great material for the game table. And I know some of our early episodes, we went over some of the Lost Lands books and stuff like that. There's a lot of them out there. They're good. I love the setting and Bargegate's great. Now, I'll be honest, you've also did the Haunted Highlands for for Castles and Crusades with Troll Lord Games. And that's uh, I've got the Castle Keeper's Guide and the Player's Guide. Those are two I haven't been able to. <laughs> yeah, that's a but I haven't yeah. really been able to delve into those. Um, and but I have this desire. There's, a, there's an area, a region that I feel in the Lost Lands mm-hmm. would be perfect for the haunted steps. And, <laughs> and I, do you have a place yeah, where you yeah. set it? I yeah. wonder if it's the same place where I could fit it in there. It's uh I actually I, I don't, but I do. That is that is my other go-to when I want to start new players who've never played before. I'll either start them out on the low-level adventures in Bardsgate, or I'll run Crucible of Freya, that whole saga yeah. that leads up to either going Tomb of Absathor or Rapanathic. Yeah, that was that was I think the book that those are in in like so they they were put out originally by Necromancer Games and then Franz yeah. God compiled them into Stoneheart Valley book I believe Stoneheart it was Valley. wasn't it yes and we yes, ran yes. yeah my players got to run through that I've ran those <laughs> we are working on a fifth edition revision of Stoneheart Valley that includes Crucible of Freya all of the original stuff all of that again uh, brand new art full color five e OSR uh so we're in the midst of it i've been ordering artwork for it now for about a year uh and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be nice when uh we, we do it. is there gonna be like more content added to it that is, that is a question but let, let me let me <laughs> let me say uh we are in planning stages right now for uh new content that is going to be 5e and osr compatible stuff and possibly some other systems, which I'm not at liberty to discuss right now. I'm curious about that. <laughs> we curious, but I was told, don't say anything. So I'm not saying anything. Uh, but uh, we're talking about uh, like uh, the uh, the Lear Valley Beholder, which was mentioned in the uh, in the in some of the Kickstarter materials that came out with Bargegate. Yes. Uh, we're actually talking about putting that out as a book, as a, as a series of small books that expand stuff that's already in Bardsgate also create new ways of using that product as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, uh, that, that goes along with our, our little uh, rap and ethic. I, I don't want to give away the name because it's really cool. We've got ways where people who are new to our products can experience it. Plus it'll be expanded kind of, kind of neat little anecdotal side things and new characters and new ways to experience the existing characters so really excited about that because it'll be kind of a low-cost way for people to experience it for the first time and then it'll also be like just chuck full of candy and easter eggs for all of our longtime fans to really give them stuff that they they love and i'm really excited about uh, those projects and i'm um, looking forward to uh 
spending a lot of my summer working on them. Well, I'm excited. I'll, I'll more than likely be backing those that come on Kickstarter because I do have most things. Um, <laughs> and the Indiegogo stuff. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, 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 oh, I'm kicking myself because I'm the, 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 the roach print the yeah 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 yeah, i missed the indiegogo but i ended up getting a print on demand version yeah but the printing's so different than the rest of my ones and it bothers me oh "Oh, man oh man (laughs) well i'd have to i'd have to see (laughs) what the difference is on that one because it's uh, just it's it's kind of a perfect bound when the print on demand they put is kind of just perfect bound but i got at least i got the module i'm happy about that okay yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking around for the uh, yeah. It's just a different type of paper, and they do yeah, yeah, bound yeah, on the staple yeah. bound, and so it it but pull it out it stands out. As well, tell our fans you can always hit up our web store and get the uh, if if we have any copies of the original printings done, we'll get them done. You know, uh, it's like uh, for example, uh, Feast of the Gobbler, which I wrote as a joke. Oh yeah. I've got that <laughs> because I found out that portable hole full of beer won an any, and I'm like, I can win an any. Uh, <laughs> so I wrote a, I, I, I wrote feast of the gobbler to play with my very young, uh, uh cousins, uh, at, uh, Thanksgiving and, uh, drew all of the pictures. I laid it out myself pretty much, uh, gave it to Bill and Clark. They went over and edited it and they're like, yeah, we're putting it out for free. And I did get nominated for the any, and then they went with a serious product that year instead of a funny product. Oh, no. <laughs> now, one thing that the Frog God Games has done is a lot of holiday games and adventures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just, I've run some of those. They're, they're just fun. It's just fun throwaway stuff. You know, I, I've been saying this for a long time. The the number one rule, and, and you know, like, like I said, I was fortunate enough to be one of many people like Jeffrey Tillanian, who was able to actually uh, experience Gary Gygax in both a friendship level and a professional mentorship level, you know, and he's, he's the guy who will tell you, are you having fun? Cause if you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong, you know, and uh, Davis, Davis Chenault actually put in his blog the other day, he, he says it a little different, but the way I remember Gary, when uh, when he's killing your characters and he's got a wizard casting spells, as he's like just laying waste to the whole room, they're like bibbity bobbity boo, you know, bibbity bob. You just rolled like forty six points of fireball damage on us. I feel that's something that I would definitely say. Well, game, I I'll be honest, I'm I'm notorious for like running a game with a punchline. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's okay to have zany off the wall kind of adventures and everything doesn't have to be grim dark and everything doesn't have to be like the most serious, horrible evil of all time. And I, I can say that from experience because I've written funny adventures that are supposed to be for fun. And I've also written some pretty serious stuff that uh, I think I hold the record at the company for the most books that have a, uh, a, uh, a warning, a content warning, <laughs> <laughs> like warning, this might be scary for some people or warning, this might be, you know, we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. It's just an adventure and bad guys are bad. Now, there's one adventure that I've loved of yours that my players got into that was in the Bargegate book. And it's that one about uh, like slavers are, are kidnapping orcs. There's Mama Bobo. And there's a yeah, great yeah. piece in there about that. Yeah. I love that talked about like uh impacts of bigotry and stuff like that i loved that adventure made, right. we were huge fans of it i have to thank you. Thank applaud you. that one. <laughs> thank you i, I appreciate it because that was one of the ones where they were a little on the fence about it. i don't know we don't you know and i'm like listen that's 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 the real deal and people you know 
it's 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 a great adventure because it it's uh it's for low-level characters and if you're playing it with uh, people it makes them kind of think hey you know sometimes you might not really be a bad guy but the way you're brought up or whatever your your opinions and ideals might be hurtful to other people without you even conscientiously knowing it and yeah that I come from that as a as an educator, as a teacher, as someone who's worked with kids for uh, you know twenty three years. Uh, you know, I showed up to teaching with opinions and and things that have drastically changed over the years as I've experienced these these kids' struggle. You know, yeah, and, and having to you know witnessing those things that because I was fortunate that I had you know great parents and great grandparents who you know looked out for me in a good family and a, in a solid environment even though my solid environment my my uh my little island of safety was in the middle of a very rough very rough violent blue collar neighborhood that experienced more than its shared crime you know i was able to go home and be like safe because i live with the sergeant (laughs) house you know (laughs) they just they just knew my dad and were like okay we're gonna keep walking you know but but it was one of those we'd, we'd go on two three week vacations nobody even set on set foot on our yard it's changed me and so it's changed the way i write i'm i'm just curious like i'm curious about your writing but i'm also curious how'd you get started in gaming okay uh when i was a kid i was into art because my dad was pretty good my dad had wanted to be an art student but he ended up in the army because you know the vietnam and so on and so forth was going on this is a familiar experience he painted models he painted uh you know like world war ii models and korean war models and things like that and uh he was uh we play risk and you know things when i was little they never treated me like a little kid they always treated me like a miniature grown-up you know i was involved i was the only child so there's probably that but we were involved in those kind of you know they didn't censor the majority of the stuff that I watched. I got to watch R-rated movies when I was a little kid. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was there with my parents. So it was like, you know, if it was something that they didn't think was appropriate, they'd be like, go to your room. We'll tell you when to come back. You yeah. Know? But, uh, you know, he took me to Excalibur at the theater. He took me to Conan the Barbarian at the theater. He took me and my uncle to Heavy Metal at the theater. You know, oh, nice. We're talking, I was between like seven and 11 years old watching all those <laughs> shows, right? And, uh the neighbor kid, uh, we, we had, they had one of those, uh, school days, like a Saturday fun activity at the school. And I live right across the street from the school. And it was a way, it was like a community outreach thing that they would do. And they could use much clay as you wanted to play with. And you never <laughs> played that got fired and do all that stuff. Cause it was a pretty poor neighborhood. And, uh, so I made this whole thing with all of these dragons and all of this stuff and a castle and all of this kind of thing. And uh, the neighbor kid, Joe, who was like, uh, you know, I was probably only in first grade or kindergarten at the time. And he was like a fourth or fifth grader. He goes, you would like Dungeons and Dragons, Casey. And I'm like, what's that? (laughs) He goes, come over tomorrow and we'll show you. And my mom was like, don't go into the house because they might molest you, you know, that kind of thing, whatever. And that wasn't even near the case. Joe was a great kid. He taught me how to play baseball. He was a good mentor. He was a good dude. So we'd sit out on his front porch and get eaten by mosquitoes. And <laughs> he had the, uh, he had the blue box D and D stuff that he got from his older brother for Christmas and a couple of, and so we played all summer long and he would kill my character over and over and over again. <laughs> so 
I didn't ever have that thing where you got so attached to your character that you became, you know, like emotionally invested to where, oh, I'm so sad if my character dies. It was just, it was a game. It was fun. I got it, you know? Yeah. So I played with him and I, my character was Torque one, two, and maybe three. <laughs> he was a fighter and, you know, I'm, I'm getting eaten by the Thols that were in the, uh, in the basic sets, uh, little monster section. That's great. I think they were based on HP Lovecraft ghouls, actually. Anyhow, uh, we played. I had fun. And then uh, at the end of the summer, he, he was like, hey, I'm going to be doing a lot of sports and baseball and stuff this year. So why don't you go ahead and take this? Because you, you've got way more time and way more fun than this. And I wish I still had that. But like many things, they just disappear like dust in the wind. <laughs> then uh, a year or so go by and uh, I was in Cub Scouts and the Cub Scout leader He's like, hey, why don't we play Dungeons and Dragons? And now he's got the next set of basic D&D, you know, so uh, which which would have been uh, not the Holmes. What's the one after that? Oh, you know, I, I can't answer that question. We've gone over this 100 times in the show. We get him confused. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. It's, it's the ones with the uh, Errol Otis covers. Yes. Yeah. So we start playing that. And it's our little Cub Scout, uh, Cub Scout squad playing that. And he's, he's the DM. And then after, like, I don't know, maybe a month or two of playing with him as the DM, he's like, hey, I'm busy with work. Does anybody want to DM? So they made me DM. And so <laughs> I've pretty much been running ever since. And AD&D came out. And uh, we didn't know the difference back in the day between AD&D, yeah. first edition, second edition, basic set, box sets. And we, we knew nothing of the difference. We'd buy whatever we could get our hands on. If we had extra money, we played those. And so... I ran some campaigns with some friends of mine when we'd have sleepovers. And so we'd start playing at like six o'clock <laughs> at night and still playing at six o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> it was great. Then uh, I got into, uh, so I've been playing pretty much since I was about seven years old, you know, and uh, one of, one of my favorite true Gary Gygax stories was uh the the dungeon hobby shop in lake geneva my uncle lived in kenosha with my favorite cousins some of my favorite cousins i can't say that they're all my favorites anymore because the other cousins will get mad but i was the only boy on that side for a long 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 time i'd be like oh dungeon hobby shop right there dad and so he'd pull over stop and they had like just a wall of the old miniatures you know and all of their product and they also had some product from some of the other companies that they were selling out of the store I was just getting into my Viking heritage of being a Christofferson, you know, <laughs> and um, I wanted a Viking miniature. My dad goes, well, go tell the guy what you want. I mean, there's a lot of minis here. And he goes, the Lakers are biting. I got a fish because that's what we were going up to see my dad's brother. So they could <laughs> uh, they could pull a uh, fish off of the uh, shore of Lake Michigan. Right. <laughs> I go, well, excuse me, sir. Uh, I'm looking for a Viking. And oh, a, a Viking. Well, I have, I think, just the right guy for you says and it and it was gary gygax who waited on us because ernie was uh, taking deliveries to the store that day and unbeknownst to me old gary gygax who was middle-aged gary gygax at the time sold me uh it's the it's the old viking with the with the beard and the shield and the big axe and he's in the oh that's great that. and i bought that and i cherished that thing and i still have it hidden in a secret little space in my house and, <laughs> uh, we went to uh shopping in uh kenosha and they had a, a picture of him at a bookstore. And I was like, <laughs> I just bought the mini from the guy who's been working on the game. And then, you know, what is it? Uh, 23 years go by and I end up in uh, the same room with him. And I 
telling him the same story. He goes, well, your dad was right. If the Lakers are biting, you got a fish. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, great guy. Great guy. He's, uh, that's great. That's a wonderful story. That's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> and, I would that that's one many I could never get let go of. I have to, yeah, you'd have yeah. to put that up. I have it in a hidden box. <laughs> Hiding away. So you uh, is there anything else you can tell us about maybe some things that might be coming around or coming out? Like I know that let me ask this yeah. real quick. So it apparently the the stuff that Frog God's putting out is OSR, not swords and wizardry now. Is that Matt Finch uh, decided he wanted to go out on his own, and that's totally awesome, and I, I appreciate him for it. I got I got nothing but uh, love for Matt Finch, and he just uh, he's got his uh, his particular vision, and he didn't feel his vision was the same as you know the rest of the crew anymore, and wanted to go out and strike out on his own again. And sometimes, to be honest, it is easier to be a solo person and in full control of your whole universe, you know. Yeah. And uh, Swords and Wizardry was his baby, and that's fine. We're still producing stuff that is compatible with Swords and Wizardry because OSR is basic set D&D. Yeah. You know, so when we say OSR, we're just, uh, you know, saying, hey, we, we respect him. The old school essentials and Swords and Wizardry fit together like like those stats. Just perfect. Uh, yeah, we, we're uh, we're still doing OSR. We're still supporting Swords and Wizardry. We're just not putting the Swords and Wizardry, you know, logo on it anymore. You know, we're, we're still writing for stuff that goes with that. Currently, we have the uh, Splinters of Faith uh, campaign going on Kickstarter. Uh, it's in its last like six or 10 days, somewhere in that range. We record pretty far out. So by the time this airs, yeah, it'll yeah. be past 10. Yeah, so I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I have backed that. Uh, I'm waiting for that to come out. <laughs> say what's on the horizon is we have Whisper and Venom, which is uh, the uh, brainchild of uh, Zach Glazer, who's our general manager. And we're doing a fifth edition version and OSR versions of uh, Whisper and Venom. Uh, we are working on a, what's whispering. Well, I don't rem- recognize that at the top of my head. Whis- Whisper and Venom was originally published by Lesser Known, and then we bought Lesser Known. Oh, well, I, this is new to me. I, this is Lesser Known. Oh, yeah, we, we actually bought Lesser Known like five years ago because uh, Zach is so smart and he's good at management. And he's, he's he's a real real behind the scenes idea guy, mm-hmm. and uh, bought him out, and so that's uh, his book, and it's. Uh, uh, I've been handling the artwork orders for that for a while, and it's uh, it's going to be a really really kick ass book. Is it? Is it just like? Can you tell me anything about it? I'm curious. It's the first time hearing of this one. Okay, uh, Whisper and Venom. There, it's it's a uh, it's Whisper Vale, and Whisper Vale is located next to an area where there has been a demonic gate to a different dimension that's been inadvertently opened up by goblins who are ah, I like this. Uh, have been capturing these alien-like uh, reptilian creatures and milking them for their venom that they use <laughs> to create super smart goblin mutant warriors that are kind of like <laughs> roman warriors <laughs> yeah it's a lot of, and, and, the, and the mastermind behind it is a, a mean little gnome named thopus so uh yeah so it's it's a cool adventure it's uh, gonna be I think with our necromancer line, because it's kind of outside of the Lost Lands mm-hmm. zone thing. But uh, uh, that's one. Uh, we're working on the uh, Stoneheart Valley with the new art, fifth edition rules, new OSR stuff. Uh, we have a uh, book of uh, treasures. Uh, the last couple of books we've done that have been really cool 
that I, I don't know if everyone's aware of, and they're they're available on various spots, like the different outlets where you can get the downloads or you can order it directly from us. Uh, we have the uh, uh, Tome of Alchemy, which uh, allows you to like kill different monsters, mix their parts together, and there's a deck yeah. of cards that you can get that comes with it. And so you can, as the player, you can go, I mix this, this, and this, and now you have a like a potion that you can use in combat or to solve a problem <laughs> in the adventure. That one was really cool. We had the uh, Tome of uh, Wonders, a whole book full of really cool new magic items. Uh, so that one came out recently. And the next one is going to be uh, Treasures. And Excellent. Just all kinds of wild, random treasures. And the artwork, uh, we're working with Emmanuel, and I want to say his name correctly, Emmanuel Guy. And he is an Italian gentleman. And uh, he and I have been working together on the uh, getting the artwork for that. And it's going to be killer. I don't know if you can see that really well. I can, but the people listening aren't going to be able to. It's cool. It's a cool skull. It's really it's, like, it's like a, coming it's out. A, it's a Demi Lynch amongst the yeah, say... yeah. Yeah. That one's going to be cool. We're, we're trying to put out some books that are. Uh, that are both uh, that are usable at the table immediately by the GM and some books we're working on and some of those products I was mentioning, some of the smaller stuff is like player centric. You know, one of the things that we noticed as we've been working is like we, we want to have more stuff that the players because that's what the need, that's what our audience, uh, a lot of the audience craves is stuff that uh, is expansions to things they can do with their character or treasures or magic items or things that are more universally useful. So those are a couple of the, the books that we've got uh, going in the future, in near future. And uh, they're, pre- they're pretty exciting. We, we've got a, a lot going on. And uh, then we, we've got a full slate of Indiegogo adventures. Oh, those are, those are, those are difficult to keep up with. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we, we have, we put one out about every, uh, every it's pretty often four weeks, we have a new one come out. So the uh, Hell Comes to Bog Town is the one that's going now. And the next one, and oh, now, now my brain is frozen. Uh, next one is Mithril, Rattlesnakes, and a Cask of Dwarven Whiskey. Oh my goodness, that's quite a title. <laughs> it's about Mithril, Rattlesnakes, and a Keg of Dwarven Whiskey. And, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, my own person, oh, uh, the Rat King or Rat King's Sewer. Rat King's Sewer is uh, pretty cool. And uh, I'm waiting on the uh, artwork for that. Lake of Dust, which is uh, we've got three of the art pieces done by uh, Hector Rodriguez. He's a Chilean artist. He's really talented. He did the interior art. And uh, we have a lady named uh, Martina Scaffa from Italy who's doing the cover. It's a lot of uh, gnolls and Undead, uh, undead sea creatures things like that so that's cool yeah, undead sea creatures in a sea of dust <laughs> my my own personal ones i am uh i have submitted and uh, it's been approved and is waiting for editing fungus god from outer space which is a follow-up to encephalon gorgers on the moon so, oh yes yeah yeah uh so fungus god from uh outer space is what happens when a fungus god crashes into a uh community of hobgoblins 
<laughs> then proceeds to plant its roots into the world. Ah, that's great. That'll be fun. And then the, the other one, I'm, I've, I've actually went back. I, I ran it a couple times, and I felt that it needed more punch. It needed more love. So it's uh, called Raslam Asylum. And uh, Raslam Asylum is what happens when a uh, a uh, a red gesture gets cut loose in a asylum where the person is trying to use non-magical means to cure people of their illnesses and maladies it's getting better i'm uh like i said I'm, I'm i'm finally i'm enthused about it again i had a little bit of uh writer's block due to uh pandemic and teaching and all kinds of other crazy stuff going on but uh yeah the the words are starting to flow again that's nice it's nice to be able to write i'm uh, forever grateful to be able to occasionally do illustrations and uh, also art direct some of these uh, fantastic artists i've worked with who uh Little known fact, three or four of our, our really hardcore stable of artists that we've been using. And if you've seen our work in the last uh, couple of years, you know that the oh, yeah. stuff is absolutely eye-popping. About four of those kids are former students of mine. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, I actually, uh, they, they, they were doing stuff that was uh, D&D adjacent in their artwork. And I was like, you think you can do this? You think you can do this? And I just kept kind of pushing until they I thought they were good enough. And showed their work to the uh, bosses and they said, where did you find this guy? And I'm like, uh, well, he's in 11th grade, you know, or <laughs> he's a sophomore. And they're like, what? So uh, Artem Shukayev, fantastic artist. And uh, then we have uh, Adrian Landeros. He's a fantastic artist. He's been doing a lot of work with uh, Levi over at uh, Planet X Games and for some of the other guys. Uh, Faith Berger did a lot of monsters for uh, Tome uh, 2020. And um yeah, uh, Tuan Pham. Tuan Pham was one of my students. Uh, he's done work now for uh, Legendary and us, of course. And uh, I'm trying to think he had about two, three other people on his list that he's been doing work for. So, but I hit him up and I'm like, hey, you know, can you do it? And they're like, sure thing. And it's nice because uh, they're, they're used to me uh, being, being a hard-nosed teacher for three years. <laughs> and so, uh, when I give them a prompt, they give me pretty much exactly what I want. Well, here's one of the things I want to point out that I love about the art and a lot of the books, especially the hardbacks, is mm. a lot of the covers are uh, like landscapes and the settings and the cities as opposed to like some caricature. And it's, it's where the book is set at. And I like those covers a lot. Unfortunately, and, and I like those a lot too. And a lot of those are done by Artem and uh, Colin Chan, who's amazing. Uh, the mar the market is telling us other stories though. So we're kind of we're kind of in that in that uh, bind where do we keep doing the landscape ones or do we do some of the more character driven ones that are that's gonna, you know, and, and it's like Pop. Yeah, and see see if that's gonna make a make a bump in the sales one way or another, you know. Because at the end of the day, we're all we are all in here to you know at least make a, hey, the bills. a profit. Well, what it does is uh, it allows me to go to a couple conventions a year, you know. It allows me to uh, to pay for my hobby behind my curtain of uh, Bard's Gate over here, where I have like you know thousands of books stuffed on the shelf and. <laughs> uh, I get like that. Again, I'm forever grateful. It was like a chance encounter that got me into this whole business in the first place. And now it's 20 some years down the road and I've been able to find work for several other people to help inspire other people to start their own companies and get their work going and really put their stuff out there. And uh, like I said, it's it's uh, it's been a, a heck of a thing, and I really appreciate that. That's awesome. On that, we're about out of time. Awesome. 
I want to thank you for coming on. It's been great talking to you. Thanks, Logar. I much appreciate it. No doubt. No doubt. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. Those of you that have, thank you so much. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleProm. We're on Patreon. We can, if you can support us, we'd really appreciate the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And keep those dice rolling. <laughs>